welcome to Mind and Matter. I am your host, Lucy Watts, and today I am joined by a very special guest, introducing my good friend, Kirsty Di Rosario. Hello, hello. Are you excited? I'm very excited. (laughs) (laughs) We're both just talking about how we're like kind of nervous and how weird it is. We're just like sitting on Zoom right now. We're both in like our trackies. Like, all right, let's do this thing. We've also been chatting for like the last half an hour, so we're all like warmed up and outraged and ready to go. Yeah, we're pumped. We're pumped to have good conversations. (laughs) So right now, Kirsty and I are both uni students. We're both doing psychology and sociology together. Um, And it's that time of semester where everything's due, there's sirens in the background, things are a little bit stressful. (laughs) Yeah, breakdowns every night. (laughs) Mental breakdowns left, right and center. (laughs) So today we're just going to do something a little bit more relaxed. Uh, we're just going to ha- kind of be a little bit more conversational. We've kind of thrown the structure out the window. Um, so, Kirsty, I might get you to explain what we're going to do today. Okay. So, I don't know if you guys know, but there is a – I don't really know what her, like, profession is, but her name's Flex Mummy, and she's, like, an influencer. She's also a DJ. She also runs a podcast. But she has this game, which I'm, like, super obsessed with, and it's called Reflex. Mm-hmm. So, basically, it's – I'll just read the packet because it explains Do it. <laughs> yeah, they've done the work for you. Exactly. So, Reflex is a self-development and critical thinking game. And so pretty much it's just a pack of cards and all of them just have interesting questions um, and that like are supposed to foster critical thinking conversations and just like interesting conversations. And so basically the aim of the game is that you read the question on the card and that you give the answer that automatically comes to your head. And then once that happens, you sort of unpack that and like critically engage with why you answered it that way, what informed your answer. Yep. And we've spent three years at uni learning how to be critical thinkers. So if we can't pull this off, we've done something wrong. If we can't pull this off, then we are shaming the arts degree. Oops, don't tell Melbourne Uni. Oh, no. Do you want to start us off with our first card? Okay, so do you just want me to just randomly pick one? Yeah, or I can just go random. All right, all right, all right, all right. I'm nervous. All right. <laughs> so I don't like this one. I'm going to pick a good one. Pick a good one. Um, oh, this is an interesting one. So, are introspection and self-analysis doing you more damage than good? Ooh. I feel like my my gut reaction is like kind of yes. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. I'm the same. I think yes. And I think think it does us more good. And especially like the word introspection sounds so like clinical like so like really like like I imagine like a probe like you know like probing into yourself yeah. and really like unpacking things yeah yeah it is a quite a provocative word mm. so do you think maybe then our reaction is like more of like nervousness of like oh no like I don't want to go there well just to clarify so did you did you do you mean that introspection causes you more damage or does it cause you more good I think it causes more damage more damage okay oh I then I completely okay. misinterpreted the question I think it causes more good oh okay so we've got a difference of opinion happening yeah I think it causes more good all right tell me why so okay so I think I like and I think we're both very similar in the sense that we you know struggle with like anxiety and like you know we're very aware of like our mental health yeah and I feel like introspection and self-analysis and constantly like trying to understand why I'm behaving the way that I am why I'm feeling the way that I am and constantly like 
asking myself questions about my own behavior. Like it does more good because I feel like I'm actually growing yeah as a person so I like pride myself on just being self-aware like I feel like if I wasn't self-aware and this is me being completely candid but I would be the most toxic person ever if I wasn't self-aware of like my own behaviors my own motivation so I feel like for me personally um being like introspective and analyzing myself constantly just helps me grow and also be a better friend girlfriend family member, uni student, all the rest. Okay. I like that. That's what I think. Yeah. Mm. I think for me, like my gut reaction being like, no, kind of comes from that feeling of like, oh, like the kind of the idea of like introspecting and like kind of looking into yourself makes me feel a bit like, like being, Mm. you know, put on like a Petri dish and like kind of prodding and like pulling myself apart a bit. Um, yeah, I get that. And this is going to sound like such a cop out and a bit of a like fence it, but I think in the end, it's like about like finding that balance of like making sure you're like looking within, questioning what you're doing, reflecting on, I guess, like doing things like this, like why do we think what we're thinking, but yeah. making sure that you don't do it in a way that's like kind of overcorrective and like other mm. toxic. And I think like, as you said, like, cause you and I both kind of have quite anxious minds. Sometimes when you're constantly analyzing yourself and what you're doing, it makes it so hard to like live life in the moment and to like trust your gut, like make gut reactions. Yeah. That's actually very true. Yeah. So I think it's like that balance yeah. of like, you know, checking in with, like, okay, I guess it's more about like checking in with yourself rather than being like, why did I do what I did? And like doing it more as like a positive, how do I want to move forward way rather than like a, why did I do that in the past kind of way? What do you think about that's that? Actually, no, that's so interesting that you say that because I think that's the point of the game is that you're supposed yeah. to unpack it and like be open-minded and change your opinion. But I completely get what you're saying because like, I think, and I, you might be similar Lucy, but we, we tend to overthink everything (laughs) and that and and it's because we're probably constantly just like analyzing ourselves and thinking yeah I feel like it does rob you of like living in the moment and like you know like enjoying all the emotions that come with just like life and being a human being yeah so I think you are right I think there is because I answered this question like yes it's the best (laughs) thing ever but I, I genuinely think that you're right in a sense that it can like if it's like too much of it like anything I guess yeah like it can really cause more damage than good I think yeah 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 so as long as you're coming in with positive intentions yeah I'm gonna be shit at this game because I'm just gonna fence it on everything <laughs> Dude, I usually am the same as well like I'm usually such a fence hitter that's why I can't get into politics <laughs> I just can't I just can't get into it imagine if but you I get and I, like ran a political party it would be a hot mess everything would be like I don't know maybe <laughs> You'd be like, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll just play it by here. <laughs> oh, it would actually be such a mess. Let's just not do that then. No. <laughs> let's stick to psychology. Yeah, good plan. Do you want right. to do another one? Yeah, let's do another one. So you're now warmed up. Do you like the game so far? I do. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying it. It's so fun. It is the best. All right, let's see what we've got. Ooh, okay. I'm going to pick up a few. I know it's going to be biased, but I'm just going to pick which is going to be the best okay. conversation. All right. All right. I've got one. Would you rather be respected or liked? Oof. Um, I feel like it's like a very human to want to be liked, but yeah, thinking about it for more than three seconds, I think I would go respected. Yeah. I think my 
instant reaction would be liked because yeah. I'm a massive people pleaser and I feel like you're lying if you say that you don't want to be liked by people. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, yeah, it is better to be respected. But why? Why do you think that? I think like um, when you're younger, it's like kind of all about like, you know, like making friends, figuring out who you are, like that kind of identity development, which you like kind of learn a bit about in psych. And then I think you might not agree with me here, but I think as you and I have gotten older and like kind of further in our uni degrees, you become a bit more aware of like what kind of person you're becoming and like what you're working towards and like what career you want to build and that kind of thing. And I think you become like less worried about like, you know, like the whole thing about like popularity and stuff, which is like a thing during school. And you start to like really think about like what kind of impact do I want to have on the world and like mm-hmm. at risk of sounding super morbid, like what kind of like legacy am I wanting to like create? Like, and you know, like one day yeah. if I like have children and things like that, like I'm like, I literally, it's going to sound really lame, but like I always picture like when I'm like 30 and 40 and I like, I'm like having dinner with my kids. Like I remember in my family, we used to spend a lot of time just like, chatting about stuff and like I always love hearing stories about my parents like kind of growing up and I'm like what would I like to like tell my kids about me and like what I did when I was like Mm. a young person um and yeah I think like the idea of like being respected kind of implies to me like you're doing something good you're making some kind of positive impact on people's lives if they respect you yeah yeah I completely agree and I feel like I feel like it does come with as you grow older and you you know you get you become more mature because I, I feel like I I still sort of go back into that mentality sometimes where I care about popularity and I care about how other people perceive me and whether they think I'm cool or whether they think I have something interesting to say mm-hmm. but I hate myself for going down that hole sometimes yeah. like I get really and that probably goes back to the whole introspection and how it can be damaging because there's a lot of like self-hate surrounding my thinking pattern when I'm just like I wish they like me yeah but I think you're right I think like we both want to do something good in the world and we both want to like make the world a better place than when we entered it. Yeah. So I think being respected is a lot more valuable. And I think it would be pretty cool to actually be disliked by someone, but still respected. Like yeah. for some reason, I feel like that would be wicked because like they don't like you for some absurd reason or like for a fair reason, maybe they just don't like you, but yeah. if they still respect you, I feel like that's, that speaks way more volume about your character than yeah. anything else. Yeah. Cause you're so right. Like, I think, especially as you get older, you realize like, you're not going to like everyone. And obviously I, this would need to be fact-checked, but I remember being told that like on average one in 17 people that you meet, you won't like, not for any particular reason, just like different personality, different, different. Yeah. Basically different personality. And I think like, yeah. as you get older, you kind of just care less. And like, you know, like I've worked with yeah. people, I've met people in my life. We've had lecturers, like tutors that we maybe haven't super, I guess, liked or felt like friendship towards, but we've respected yeah. them and respected kind of what they do. So yeah, yeah, I think you're so right that like being liked is kind of like more just based on coincidence that you have a similar personality, whereas to actually earn respect is like something that you have to do. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like, like when you're liked by someone, it's just about compatibility. Like yeah. it's just like, are you compatible with this person? Do you have like similar likes, interests? And so I feel like as I'm getting older, I'm taking it less personally if someone yeah. doesn't like me. Like if yeah. someone doesn't like me for their own reasons, like whatever, that's mm. that's cool. That's fine on them. We probably, like I'm probably just not their type of person. Yeah. They're not my type of person. But you're right. I think it's definitely if someone respects you, it means that they value your voice and they value like what you do yeah 
Yeah. And I think that's definitely way more valuable than being liked. But I think still I, I gravitate towards being liked sometimes. Oh yeah. Which I don't like about myself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just like such a human thing. Like we just don't want to not be liked. You don't want to know that people, you know, like that's like my worst nightmare to like know that people talk about me behind my back or things like that. But yeah, I guess it's also like that whole introspection thing of like, I couldn't even tell you why it upsets me. It's just like something that you don't want to hear. You don't want to hear that somebody doesn't like you. <laughs> Yeah. And see if I like going back to introspection, if I can't figure out why I feel the way that I do, mm-hmm. I get so frustrated. Like if, if someone doesn't like me and like there, there could be an instance where someone I know doesn't like me and I don't even like them, yeah. but like for some reason I'm like completely offended that they don't like me. Yeah. I feel that. But like <laughs> I don't like them. So how yeah. can I expect them to like me? Like, it's just a weird complex. Yeah. And it's so illogical, but it's like so real. <laughs> Yeah, it's so real. Like you're lying if you say you haven't been through that. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'm proud of us. We didn't fence it. Yeah, that is good. But I feel like that one is probably like yeah. most people are going to say respected. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. All righty. Do we want another one? Let's do it. All right. Oh, this is a good one. Oh, I like this one. Hit me. Bit of a disclaimer. I have like done these cards before so (laughs) if my responses seem premeditated they like low-key are but just because I've done them before but let's let's just do it anyway um so the new question is why do people constantly do things they know are objectively bad for them oh I guess like okay so what are we talking about when we say objectively bad are you talking about like eating bad food are we talking about like well I think that's a good question because it it's objective. So it can't be subjective. So object, what is objectively bad? Like, obviously, uh, <laughs> this is a good question. Um, well, when I think, when I think of something that's like objectively bad, it's like putting yourself in a harmful situation. So I think that mm. being in a, in an abusive relationship or yeah, okay. uh, having a substance addiction or, yeah. um, you know, self harm, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. That's like, objectively bad but objectively bad in itself that's just a a strange concept because who decides what's objectively bad yeah exactly and like like with like toxic relationships and stuff like define toxic like when does it go from being like okay to bad like when does anything in life go from being okay to bad um but in terms of like what makes people do it I think um I guess like kind of where they're at with themselves if they have like low self-esteem or low um, or like lack of support around them. Um, and I think especially studying psychology, I think you realize kind of how much you take for granted. Like for me, I take for granted that I've had like parents who have supported me. I've had good teachers. I've had educational opportunities, like things like that. And you, it's like, you learn that that's not a right. It's a privilege. And that, you know, there are people out there who really struggle because they haven't had access to these things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think maybe a big part of it would also just be like education and support and like not having people in your life to help you. Yeah, that's true actually, because if you have a good support system, then it's less likely that you're going to be doing things that are objectively bad for you. Yeah. I think it does. I think it's, I think it's indicative of like how much you value or care about yourself. I think that, and this could 
this is just like a complete bias response. Like I could be completely wrong mm-hmm. here, but this is just like my own experiences speaking from when I have possibly done things that are objectively bad for myself. Yeah. And I think for me personally, it comes out of a place of I like a lack of self-love, I think. Yeah, Because like, you know, sometimes I feel like we don't treat ourselves as good as we treat like our best friend or our boyfriends. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes we're like really harsh on ourselves. And I think for me, when I have been in situations that like, you know, are objectively bad, I think it's just a lack of self-love and like a lack of wanting the best situation for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's very, this is a very complicated question, actually. It's very layered. It really is. There are so many layers to what makes people you know, not take care of themselves, I guess. Yeah. But I think from my experience, it's just a lack of like, yeah, self-love, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, And like self-respect isn't the right word, but like, if you don't value yourself, like what you were saying about how you treat your best friend and your boyfriend, I think that's a great way to think about it. Like, you know, that whole thing of like, what advice would you give your best friend and then give that to yourself, like kind Mm. of thing. Um, And it's weird why, why we're wired like that. Like, why wouldn't we... Like it's just it's a weird thing about human nature is that we we tend to care about people more than ourselves sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. I think for us, it could be just a testament to our personalities. Cause like mm-hmm. we're both INFPs getting technical yeah. here, but like we're both <laughs> empaths. So yeah. like we we do care a lot about other people, but it doesn't like it's kind of sad how like we can sometimes treat ourselves like us the worst. Yeah. Like like worse than we treat other people. Like it doesn't really make sense, but it's very like a true reality yeah and I think especially like I hate they bring up COVID because it's like bloody everywhere but like I remember having a chat with someone in like a breakout room at uni the other day about how like this has been such a weird time because you wake up every day and you're like just with yourself and you're like yep still me like you don't have a hundred friends around you and you don't have bustling uni schedules and stuff to kind of distract you I think it's been for a lot of people to kind of like you know introspect (laughs) and um like you know, when, true. You, when you wake up with yourself every day and you have to like spend that time on yourself, like considering, you know, like yeah. your self-value and like how you want to treat yourself, I guess. Yeah, actually going on a tangent, what do you think COVID has taught you about yourself? Like being in Ooh. like just with yourself every single day, being in isolation, you know, like, I think you can't help but be introspective. So what do you oh, think, yeah. like, you've learnt about yourself or just learnt about life in general? Um, I think how important it is to, like, put time aside for yourself and, like, like thinking about going back to the schedule that I used to lead just feels, like, so, like, scary and crazy because I'm, like, do you know what I mean? Like, being able to wake up every day, like, obviously you and I are still working hard. We've still got full uni courses and whatnot. But, um, you know, like, having that time – makes me kind of be like okay I need to keep putting this time aside for me like yeah um and I've kind of always believed this but also just remembering like it is okay to say no and it is okay to like you know tell people in your life that you're like struggling and that you can't like you know don't make 700 commitments and then not yeah. not you know what I'm saying I feel like yeah, I'm yeah, like definitely, <laughs> losing definitely. it here but you know what I'm trying to say <laughs> no I get what you're saying completely because I I think I've realized that like because we can't see anybody mm. I realize that most of the so the social like events or like catching up with people that I 
commit to is purely out of obligation. And that's not trying to say that like, I don't want to hang out with my friends or I don't want to hang out with this person or go to this party, but I do it out of social obligation. Cause sometimes I'm like, I'm a natural introvert. So I don't always want to be hanging out with people. And I think that's what COVID's really taught me is that I actually have been feeling really energized from just Mm. like chilling by myself. And that's what it kind of taught me that like, I, but I'm such a social butterfly in normal life. So I think I I commit to all these like social interactions and like catch ups and coffee dates purely out of like obligation to keep like other people happy. Yeah. In in, like general, it actually is like draining me of my energy because I was was the type of person that would literally be hanging out with a different person every single day. Like I just have a lot of, not to say I have a lot of friends, but I, I like, I have a lot of friends from different areas of life, like Mm. from school, from uni, from sport. And like, I, book my week out just to like please people and like hang out with them yeah and it drains me so much and I think COVID's really taught me that I well I already always knew that I was a people pleaser (laughs) oops um but it's taught me that like I really do commit to things out of social obligation sometimes and I should stop doing that like it like you said it is okay to say no it is okay to let people know that you don't have energy today to Mm. be with other people like that's completely fine and that should be normalized yeah and I think like I've also realized that there's like you know you might think that you have like 20 friends but in reality there's probably been like maybe like five or six off the top of my head people who I've really missed during this time and I think I'm just like I want to really dedicate the time to the people who are the really good friends in my life rather than spreading myself thin and not having time for them when they need me that's actually so true that you say that too because I think I've really realized during COVID who is actually like a like a ride or die sort of friend because the yeah. people that I've wanted to keep in contact with and the people that have kept in contact with me yeah like I, I think I've just realized who who really are like my friend I think I've realized that it's definitely quantity over quality no quality over quantity that's the one it's <laughs> yes. definitely quality over quantity oops um but do you get what I mean like we yeah. like I think I've definitely realized like who who's a real one and who might not be a real one yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oof. Should we do like one more? Maybe. This is all addictive, right. but I can play this all day. I oh, my God. Honestly, it's seven hour long podcast. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, let's do it. Only me and you would listen to it. <laughs> honestly, they listen to the first like 10 minutes and be like, all right. <laughs> all right. I'll pick a really good one then. All right. Let's end on a bang. Oh. Okay. I'll give you two. This can be unscripted though, and you can just pick maybe. Okay. Unscripted. Hit me. Um, where's the other one? Oh, yeah. So there's either is your glass half empty or half full? Ooh. Or there is, are we the source of our own problems? Do we create problems in our minds to give us something to focus on? Ooh. Should we just do both? Freaking hell. Let's why just do both. Fuck not? Let's <laughs> do it. Let's go for it. All right. Should we start with the glass half full one or half empty? Yeah. One? So do you want me to just say yes, the I next can. question? Okay. So the next question is, and this is a really, this is one of my favorites. Is your glass half empty or half full? Honestly, I think too often it's half empty. Um, And I think for me, I like have to actively look within myself and go, okay, let's focus on being, on being half full. Um, And I think it's like, I think sometimes it takes a shock to the system to remember to like show gratitude and to like, you know, think about what you have rather than you don't, what you don't have. Yeah. 
why do you think we're just so fixed on like the negatives like why do you do you think we're we're just like personally wired like that or do you think that's just like inherent within humans Ooh, I I don't know if, nece- if it's necessarily inherent within humans because I think like some people are better at it than others um and I think for me it gets the worst when I'm kind of like busy and I know that I have a real habit of like kind of snowballing and like yeah. I don't know like I get stuck in traffic on the way to work and I'm like get to work grumpy and then I don't know I get an annoying call and then it's like I feel like when I when I've decided I'm having a bad day everything can prove me right like every interaction every situation I'm like yeah you know because it's just a bad day like I get I get, yeah. get very easily suckered into that um whereas I think okay this is gonna maybe sound a bit cheesy but I think when I've determined in my mind it's a bad day nothing will change that but if I determine in my mind that it's a good day it only takes one bad thing to change that and yeah that's just like my my mind personally I don't know if maybe you like yeah. differently about it no, that's interesting. I feel like, I feel like I can be quite similar in that sense. Like it's so much easier to disrupt a good day with something bad than to disrupt a bad day with something good. Yeah. And I, but I, I, I think I've always answered this question as I've, I've liked to think that I'm a middleman and that like, mm. I'm very neutral. Like I like to think that I'm not a pessimist or an optimist. I'm just a realist. But mm. I think when I actually actually introspect and look at myself I think I can definitely be a half empty kind of person Mm. and I think though that it definitely is uh like it's indicative of my anxiety of like being anxious all the time and I think for me constantly like whenever I think about a situation or like you know I feel off about something it's always worst case scenario like my head always automatically goes to worst case scenario it's never looking at the bright side of things it's always just looking at this is shit for this reason or even like when like for instance like a friend is blunt to me over text message my head goes crazy I'm just like what have I done have I have I offended them are they annoyed at me am I annoying and my like my head always goes to worst case scenario but then something that I realized I I went to New Zealand at the start of the year like luckily was probably one of the only people in the country that was able to travel you and I both have traveled yeah. this year. Thank How the good old days yeah February <laughs> freedom <laughs> but I think I realized on it was one day so basically me and my best friend we pretty much did like a backpacker sort of New Zealand trip where we just hired like a camper van and we just drove around the North Island and we just stayed at random like camping sites and just just had a had a good time but there was this one day where everything just went wrong like everything just went wrong like so basically we were driving had a long eight hour drive between two different like cities in New Zealand um and just so many things went wrong like we got copped by the police like we got pulled over by the police because my (laughs) friend my friend was speeding and we're like we don't have it like a New Zealand license so we're like what the heck are we supposed to do we literally literally freaked out like it was so funny because we were just like jamming out to this song and the, like the song was like on full blast and we just see the like I see the um the police lights in the mirror oh and I'm just God. like are we being pulled over and my friend was like no and I was like dude <laughs> we're definitely being pulled over so we got pulled over that day I love that you and just then, admitted this on a podcast <laughs> dude oh we are delinquents we are literally delinquents <laughs> we are oh, it was but she was so lovely she was like because you guys tourists like, will let you off and I literally wanted to cry I was like so anxious and so we're going to this 
uh, place and we were hoping to get to a winery because the, the place that we were going to has the best wines in New Zealand. It's mm-hmm. um, the city, town, whatever you call it, it's called Napier and they have the best wines, right? So we were like, we've timed it perfectly. We woke up at 6 a.m. and we're like, we're going to get to Napier. We're going to go to a, like a, a winery. Time went by and we're like our chances of getting to a winery are like reducing reducing and we we only have seven days in New Zealand like we don't have heaps of time Mm. um then we almost run out of petrol like we like literally we're on as e as possible as like probably humanly possible and we finally found a petrol station and it ends up being broken run down doesn't work so all of our hopes and dreams were in that petrol station (laughs) anyway so it came past the time where we pretty much kissed goodbye to the winery this is a massive story and sorry to go on a tangent but it's a good story we kissed goodbye to the winery and they were like okay maybe we'll go get massages we'll go get massages we've been in the car for 10 hours driving for ages let's just get massages so we rock up to this massage place they're closed or not like there's no one there actually there was like no one at this massage place and they're supposed to be open so we couldn't get massages and then we were gonna go we got a we had a good dinner that was nice but pretty much the whole day just went wrong I feel like that was more to the song mm-hmm. not to the song so there was more to the day but the day was just shit we didn't get to go to yeah. winery and we were banking on going there but the whole time I wasn't like upset about it I was like look I kept like having alternatives I was like yeah we might be able we not we might not be able to do this but we can do this and like my mentality was very much a half full kind of person like we still have all these things to do and even you know there was more hiccups on the trip and more really shit shows of times (laughs) but the whole time and that trip really taught me that I can be a half full kind of person yeah and so I'm trying to figure out how to be more that person like I don't want to just be that person on a holiday do you know what Mm. I mean yeah well I think I've like really tried to be that person in my life like when I do like group projects at uni like you know tell people when I think they're doing a good job or tell people what I like that they're doing um or like with my boyfriend like when we especially because like we've obviously had a lot of time together with COVID we can't really do much else he's like my whole social world right now um and like you know at the end of like each day be like I had a really good day with you or like you know like you know, and telling like my friends and my family how much I appreciate them and trying to like really practice gratitude and sometimes I like do like yeah. the whole like gratitude journal thing where I'll get to the end of the day and be like all right like what's like three things that I'm like grateful for today um and I think like you're so right like when you do change your attitude you can kind of see even when everything is going to a shit show you can see it differently if you have that attitude yeah. and maybe like obviously being on holidays helps a lot with that but um yeah yeah No, I think I need to, I think I need to do that. I think I need to be more grateful for things because I feel like I'm not grateful enough. Like I have so much to be grateful for. Like even the fact that we get like go to uni and we live in like a privileged country, like we have so much to be grateful for. But I feel like, like you said, we, we just focus on like the bad day and like we focus on the bad things that are happening. Yeah, and I feel like I, I think I, yeah, I think I really need to practice what you do and like be grateful for like even the small things. Mm. So I feel like I don't, I think I'm just so anxious all the time and mm. always thinking about the worst case scenario yeah. that I forget to be grateful for the things I do have. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Well, if you're interested in the whole gratitude thing, um, like the resilience product project and his name is Hugh Vi 
Kandenberg. I'm sure I got that wrong, but he does like a really great, <laughs> like a, he, I read his book and I want to go to like one of his shows as soon as obviously you can because of COVID, but he's talked so well about that, about like practicing gratitude. And like, he shares some really interesting stories about, cause he kind of based it a lot of like what he does on like his like travels through India and like, I know he tells like one story. He told a story I was listening to a podcast the other day where he was like in this really poor community um, and he saw that one of the kids um, was playing football outside and was only wearing one shoe. And he went up to the kid and was like, what's going on? You've lost a shoe. And the kid was like, no, no. And was like beaming and was like, I found a shoe. So this oh, kid yeah. was like so grateful that he had one shoe, whereas like, you know, the obvious attitude would be like, I only have one shoe. This is going to make playing football hard. Whereas this kid was just like, no, nah, no, nah. like, look at my luck. Like, <laughs> yeah. So stories wow, like that, actually... I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's soul warming. That has definitely yeah. warmed my soul. Yeah. Cause it, it kind of makes you feel like a bit like, un, like not ungrateful, but it's kind of like, you're just throwing a, a tantrum when you have so much to be when, and there's people that don't have what you have. Mm. but they're grateful for what they do have. I don't know. Now I'm having a full episode. Yeah. <laughs> we're just, I need to be better. <laughs> we're just sitting there having a, having a moment. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, I need to do better. I need to be more positive, Kirsty. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. All right, oh. should we end on our last one before we just completely explode our brains? <laughs> yep. All right, let's do this. <clears throat> the final question is, Oof, okay. are we the source of our own problems? Do we create problems in our minds to give us something to focus on? Oh, I feel like it's very similar to the last Yeah, question. it kind of leads on well. I think I'm going to be a fence sitter again. I think a bit of both. Yeah. Why? Tell me why. Okay. I think the reality of life is that sometimes bad things happen to really good people and sometimes life just sucks <laughs> um and I think like one of the things I've kind of learned through like going to therapy and stuff is like um that when something bad happens to you it's okay to be like yeah that like properly sucked and it's okay to acknowledge that and be like you know what I don't I know this going to contradict exactly what I was just saying but being like you don't have to put a positive spin on everything because sometimes life is hard mm. and, it, and it does suck and you just kind of got to get through that and I think yeah like I especially like I work in the disability industry and you just meet people who are so kind and so beautiful and have just had horrific things happen to them and I would just feel so wrong saying to them like oh no you should just be positive when Mm. like the reality is that you know what they're going through is a is a very real struggle yeah um but then I think on the flip side it is definitely true and I think especially like our generation is probably a lot more guilty of this that we do create problems in our own life in the sense that we like sit on Instagram and compare ourselves to other people. And we, you know, stay up until the early hours of the morning imagining, you know, imaginary conversation, like imaginary situations that cause us unnecessary stress. And um, I don't know, I think especially like going through like, like year 12 is like a very stressful year going through uni is quite stressful. And sometimes I like do try and reflect and be like, okay, why is this so stressful like is it the pressure I'm putting on myself like you know like Mm. try and think like what what okay like what in this situation can I control that I'm not controlling yeah yeah definitely I think that's something I've learned as well it is really all about perspective do you Mm. know what I mean like you can have 
like a really shit situation like you were talking about, but it doesn't have to be shit in your mind. Yeah. And I think that's something I really struggle with and probably why I have to go to therapy in the first place. <laughs> because like think of like your worst friend, like that's my mind all the time. Like my mind is my worst friend. Do you know what I mean? My worst enemy. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like that kind of creates in my mind creates problems that aren't there do you know what I mean like if a if a friend is being blunt to me I think that we're in a fight if my boyfriend is being a bit off I think that he hates me like all these things like it's it's kind of like Kirsty settle down life is not that hard but like in my head I make life hard yeah and I think I have such like you were talking about social media I have such an unhealthy relationship with social media, such an up and down relationship because some days I'm like, this is great. I want to know what's happening in the world. Other days I feel so shit about myself just looking at other people's lives. Yeah. And because other people just post their highlight reels yeah. on social media, like Instagram, that's just their highlights. But I think that's all you see. Yeah. So you think, oh, they've had a good day. Their life is perfect. Or, yeah. you know, they've got so many good things that you can see on Instagram that you assume that like everything's perfect. But mm. I think, yeah, social media is really harmful for me in that sense. And I literally have like weeks where I delete the apps and mm. go like literally in a, in a shell for like a week or so. Cause I need to like check myself and, mm. you know, get back on track mentally. Mm. Cause I think sometimes it can really be debilitating for me yeah. and like my well being. Cause I, for some reason I constantly look at other people's lives and just think, that they've got it better than me, which is so like, who am I to say that? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so absurd. Why do I say that? But yeah, I think, yeah, social media is definitely can be a cause of these problems that we create for ourselves. Yeah. I think like my like long-winded answer to this question would be that, you know, life is hard and life is, the stresses in life are real, like trying to get a job, trying to like pay for things and, you know, stresses only kind of increase as you grow older and your responsibility grows. But then I think, like a human tendency that a lot of people have is to exacerbate this stress with, as you said, looking at social media, comparing yourself to other people, you know, that whole thing. And like, even I think like maybe this is probably something a bit more to our generation and it's probably worth doing a lot more research about, but like um, that we have this like obsession with like productivity. And if you don't have like seven side projects going, are you like even doing anything with your life? Yes, yes, yes. And like, I struggle with this a lot because I have like friends in my life who are like very impressive doing amazing things. And sometimes it's so hard to like catch up a coffee with them and hear about like all these extracurriculars and awards they're winning and things like that. And then be like, well, why aren't I doing that? I'm not doing enough. But then you've got to kind of take a step back and be like, no, like, why, why am I putting this extra pressure on myself? Or like, yeah, during like high school, I had friends who were really smart and worked really hard and that was so frustrating because I got to a point where I didn't even care how well I was doing I and I never even really admitted this to anyone but like I cared about as long as I was on the same level or even better than what they were doing do you know what I mean and yes that's like a toxic thing 100% understand yeah which is like a toxic extra pressure that I've created for myself which I don't need like life is hard enough like stop it Lucy but you know what I'm saying like (laughs) But like, that's, I'm literally, I was literally exactly the same in high school. Like I, it's, I don't even think it's being competitive. It's just toxic. And I, I don't understand why, like maybe it's because we feel like we need to be perfect. We're perfectionists, but like, Mm. why do we do that to ourselves? Because I'm literally the same. I look at other people doing well and I'm hard on myself for not doing better. Okay. But I'm going to throw a spanner in the works here again. 
Do you think that this is because of something that we create ourselves or do you think that this is something that's inherent to the society we live in? And I'm going to expand on this in the sense that like, literally from like the age of like 15, 16 in high school, your your teachers are already at your about like HR scores and like, what are you going to do at uni and figuring out your HR score? And that is literally yeah. a competition. You get ranked and then you go to uni and the job market uh, has like probably never been as competitive as it is. And having yeah. a uni degree doesn't gra- guarantee you a job anymore. So you, you do have to be competitive because you literally have to walk into your classrooms and be like, okay, when we graduate, I'm going to be competing with every single one of you for a job. And then you kind of get yeah. to a workplace. And I I wouldn't necessarily say I've really experienced like sexism in the workplace, but I think it's definitely a thing that like a lot of women would say they experience where you have to see other women as competition to for promotions and stuff. So it's like, yeah. is this something that we're creating in our heads or is this something that we're just responding to that's like kind of real in society? I genuinely think it is a byproduct, not entirely, but it is definitely a byproduct of being in a capitalist society Yeah, because you have capitalist definitions of productivity. Like if you are not contributing to the economy and if you are not like studying for something that's going to be, that's going to make you, you know, productively contribute to society Mm. in an economic manner, you're not valued enough. Yeah, And that's like, I don't want to get too into capitalism because I don't even really understand it myself, but I think (laughs) it it definitely is that like, we as a society only value things that have economic value, commodity, you know what I mean? Yeah. We commodify everything. And I feel like I sometimes have to double check that with myself because there is different ways of looking at being productive. Like if yeah. I you know, don't study for uni one night, but I'm having a really good chat with my friend about life and about, you know, mental health and stuff, that's a productive conversation. Yeah. But we're not taught that that is productive. We're taught yeah. that that is, you know, you're procrastinating. Yeah. And I think yeah. it is definitely something that is inherently wrong with our capitalist society because they only really value certain types of productivity. Yeah, exactly. And even like I've noticed so much within myself that like everything I do at uni, a lot of the things I try and look at is like, oh, because this would look great on a resume. And then yeah. I'm like, hold up, like not everything in life has to look great on a resume. And I think also now we don't maybe dedicate enough time, or at least I know I don't dedicate enough time to things like sitting down and reading a book and things like that, that if I don't feel like I can have like some measurable impact of like, yeah, you know, it's, it's made me better the next day because it, you know, can go on my resume, like that kind of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Generally. Cause we only really like you and I both have freakouts about, you know, wasting time and not being productive and procrastinating, mm-hmm. but in reality we aren't doing good things like we are being productive we are creating and fostering relationships that are meaningful to us because we both value people and relationships but there's just something so toxic about calling that procrastination because like you may yes you may not be you know attending your uni work but you are creating something and I argue is probably more substantial and long-lasting yeah than getting a good grade on an assignment You, you know you're actually putting an effort into a relationship or into something else and I think that yeah I think it's definitely really bad about society and about you know the social norm of productivity yeah definitely the 24-hour news cycle and just like you know how we can take work from home we can be checking uni emails in the bathroom like you know what I'm saying like your life is everywhere and I actually had a great chat with my mom about this the other day and she was like She's like, to me, that she doesn't believe our generation has, it's going to sound so cliche, like the young generation, but that we can't be bored. 
Like she was yeah. like, when I was young, you would go through days where you were just like bored out of your brain. And I just don't think that's the thing that our generation has because like, how could you ever be bored when you've got like, you know, all the yeah. apps, all the TV, like everything at your True. fingertips. Um, and then it's I know like, I still get pretty bored though. Yeah. Some days. <laughs> I still get very bored. Yeah. But like, we just like haven't mastered the art of doing nothing. Like even like yeah. my half an hour long train ride when I finish uni, I'm like, okay, I should be like answering emails or I should be like doing something with this time. And sometimes I'm like, no, let's just listen to music and just like waste half an hour just chilling. Yeah. Like I, like we just went on mid-semester break and I didn't do like any work. I actually took a break (laughs) and I felt so guilty about that, even though that's what the break is for. But I felt so guilty for not getting on top of uni work or not catching up or, you know, not doing anything that's like productive. But yeah guilt can really just like eat away at you and it's so dangerous and toxic for your yeah. like well-being like it's awful having to live with that yeah definitely Oofed. that's heavy that's heavy I feel like should we just leave it there or is that like a little bit too <laughs> too dark of a note <laughs> you know what I, I actually don't know if we answered any of the questions yeah like, I, with an answer <laughs> I was just thinking that I was like wait what was the question again I feel like we just kind of like went on our like tangents and we were just happy <laughs> yeah seriously like I had something I wanted to say but then you said something and I wanted to comment on it so I just <laughs> completely disregarded what I was going to say before and we just went on tangents but it was good that's what I think that's the intention behind the game yeah you literally could yeah. go on forever <laughs> Yeah, it's literally a massive pack as well. There's probably like 50 cards in it. I highly recommend people purchasing it. I'm not sponsored. I wish I was, but <laughs> it's such a good game. It's it's really helped me actually have better conversations and more meaningful conversations. Yeah. So if anyone's interested, so it was Flex Mommy and the game is called Reflex. Am I right there? Yeah, Re- Reflex. Yep. Reflex, beautiful. Imagine if I like said the wrong thing and said everyone down a rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, Lucy, what's it called again? I'm like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I think we might leave it there, but thank you so much for joining us, Kirsty. That is my pleasure. When Lucy announced this podcast, I was so excited for her because <laughs> we have great chats on a daily basis yeah. at uni and I feel like you definitely have really valuable things to say and I'm so excited that you have this podcast and you're thank definitely you so worth listening to. Oh, thank you so much. I love it. <laughs> and thank you so much for joining me and having this chat with me. It's been fun. It was so fun. It was so, so fun well to my listeners i'll be back in your ears next monday for a podcast episode but until then thank you and goodbye